Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Will Leverson, and this is Sports Spa Weekly. Uh, we've got some great uh, information coming out uh, early here in the NBA. Uh, of course, some stories uh, developing at this midpoint. Uh, some, uh, some teams are solidifying themselves going into this week there in the NFL. Uh, baseball has ended, uh, and uh, we're looking at uh, the possibility here of the L.A. Lakers. Uh, we had an earlier show, um, Best Day Effort. Um, there um, and what we were talking about uh, at that point uh, after right after the NBA draft or going into the draft I think that episode was um, there um, and we were taking a look at maybe some uh, scenarios of trading or, or, or the Lakers maybe taking some more active steps to make that team competitive at least in the next three or five years that maybe involved making decisions around uh, Anthony Davis or LeBron James which at this point um, on the heels of our last episode here. At this point, this situation here, uh, the L.A. Lakers are looking to have to make a decision a bit more uh, more immediate than what um, I was expecting uh, here as Anthony Davis has privately, um, you know, not anything where he's being vocal or, or trying to uh, be a distraction for that team uh, here that he's requested a trade. And that he has some landing destinations, one of those Chicago, um, which I'm not sure if at this point in Anthony Davis's career that he feels that he could join that team and be the difference maker. Um, they're having to, of course, compete in that East against Kevin Durant, um, the Boston Celtics there, uh, and of course Giannis Antetokounmpo and the in those Milwaukee Bucks. Um, there's also the Miami team that is a really great team uh, when it comes down to playing team ball in the playoffs. Uh, Boston is a better version of what Miami is playing into. And uh, hopefully Tyler Hero is able to play himself into being from being the X factor uh, nuclear variable into the consistent superstar for that team in the playoffs. So Anthony Davis, uh, that trade destination is very uh, interesting as there was a, I believe, an opportunity at one point or maybe uh, Zach Levine uh, maybe being coming available to go to the Lakers. Uh, that's something that you do when you're looking at pairing uh, uh, some talent for the future, whether that is a, a triple threat or whether, whatever that's two dominant players. Um, the Lakers, in order to do anything, are going to have to, the capital that the Lakers are going to have to look for are to get draft picks back. They're going to have to make this deal for Anthony Davis, and they need to make uh, the trade for Anthony Davis as he is no longer in the planning for a future centered around him for something a little bit beyond five years, maybe trailing off into the eighth year of his tenure as being the Lakers focal point is when they were planning on maybe uh, then at that point having some team built to compete uh, in an interval where they're not uh, nearly 10 years into not winning a championship. So that's understandable. 
Um, however, as many things are like in war, the tactical situation often shifts as you know the 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 battle is played out as your enemy's strengths and weaknesses uh, are, are are becoming apparent. Which uh, in basketball, there are no enemies; they're just teams that you're competing against. And so, the team that you're competing against are building rosters that are built as such and such based off of shooters and things. Some teams have, uh, like like the Milwaukee Bucks, they have the best player in the world right now as he's played himself into uh, all-time historic um, playability in the playoffs to help that team win uh, in a situation where many people thought that the Phoenix Suns uh, were the better team in that. And that after that, we've seen where Phoenix has been able to compete uh, even in the West. And so, uh, my goodness, uh, the Lakers have a tall order in trying to, uh, even in the aftermath of winning a championship, they're not three years removed just yet. Uh, nearly three. It'll be three, but they're, they're still not uh, an antiquated uh, sort of memory of a team winning a championship, although in the success in the aftermath of that, it seems like it's so long ago for the Lakers uh, to have a winning season uh, where there's something of quality there. And so uh, I would say this, truly. L.A. is a town, not a town, it's a city. It is a um, center, a hub of, of Los Angeles, the port of Los Angeles. It's not just movie stars and Hollywood money. They're uh, logistically in the world. El Los Angeles is a important port of shipping goods into these United States from overseas from the West uh, nations, such as even Australia and China and Japan, the Philippines. Uh, it, it's where it comes in. Uh, other places like in Washington also have ports there uh, that are important. But when you're talking about California being the eighth largest economy in the world, if California were its own nation, you know, this uh, is truth here, that the amount of money that California generates, and that's why you hear different personalities, business personalities or, or any personalities oriented, oriented toward that. Um, that tell you that any splashes that happen in California are well worth an investment because of the just because of the uh, the the activity that's there. Often, when we think about money, we think about New York City and Wall Street, but L.A. really is um, historically had to generate and, and be this thing, um, uh, this other big thing there. So certainly. Um, and a, a team in L.A., you take the Rams and, 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 and taking an opportunity to uh, leverage what's available in free agency and build that roster and, and through drafts and, and crafty trades to get a team that can win at least in a vacuum. So if L.A. is looking to do this, now's your time. You couldn't have picked a better time to be a team that needed to build and have some capital to do it. There are other teams that have to build in an other organic sense. But because you're an L.A. team and because you're a big personality, you have these big opportunities other teams don't have. So if I were, you know, getting paid a couple bucks uh, there, better than a plumber or better than a lawyer, <laughs> 
and I were a consultant for the team during this time frame. You know, let, let's deal in a hypothetical here of something a business operations dude should be able to understand, right? So this is a time where this team, it, it seems like it's turmoil because change is often turmoil. Um, there's every analogy uh, to, uh, to a tree growing or to birthing and all of those things that at this time, uh, the Lakers are looking, they're having to. There is no opportunity that, that you can be resolute in what your prior disciplines were. The market's different now. Stuff is different. How do you survive? Right now, boom, right now, how do you survive? We got to leverage your main assets here. Sometimes some people got to sell them. <laughs> you know, when, when, when Johnny Law is knocking at the door and your situation is, is that now you're being audited and now you have to account for your um, disciplines that led you to the point where now you're not, <laughs> you're not in the greatest shape. Grow your conversation out from there, okay? And so right now the Lakers have LeBron James, they have Anthony Davis, they have Russell Westbrook, and they're looking right now to change up everything. There are teams right now that are looking to polish themselves up. One team that comes to mind, and I'm not sure about the draft capital, and I do apologize for that. We will definitely, um, as we grow and, and get access and opportunities, be to provide a, different, a, a little bit different information here on the show. Uh, but we're just going to say um, in, in the hypotheticals of how, how do I advise or how, how, how are we going to help the Lakers here in their situation? So leverage your two main assets, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook is a great commodity still. He's proving himself as a, as, as, as a asset to the team, truly an asset to the team, generating in a, in, in a space where at first we kind of didn't have any, in, in, in any production. And so that's good. You're in a good position right now to make your team competitive for when you were wanting to anyway. You just have to go about it a different way. And so let's look at teams that they have, they have draft capital in the first round. You can at least make sure that you do get yourself a quality talent to build your roster out if it's without Anthony Davis, as LeBron James also has proven that he is still a very valuable asset, can still produce at a decent enough level to any team that needs someone in a over 20-point capacity, nearly 10 rebounds and nearly in anything over six assists. He's at six and a half, seven, a little, little less, a little, little over seven, a little less than eight. If he's somewhere in there, that's someone that has value to any team that once again is looking for that little bit of polish. So you need draft capital. And if you can get something in the immediate, let's say a team's looking, let's say if it's Golden State, hey, you got to compete in the West anyway, and now is not the time to look at it like, oh my God, what are we doing to ourselves here? If Chicago is a destination, and with Anthony Davis, it is a straight-up trade. There is no other negotiating on the table. You get Anthony Davis, you get Zach Levine, you get yourself a draft pick back. 
That is it. Whatever Chicago's got in the first round will trade you straight up. Anthony Davis, Zach Levine for your first round draft pick. There is no, there's no other negotiating. You go find yourself another team at that point that may have uh, some other draft capital willing to trade you a player for a first round draft pick. Whatever is the most favorable situation for that. If it's a high enough draft pick, you may not be in the lottery sweepstakes for uh, Victor Wimbayana, but you can come close to other players as they emerge um, here as we're getting to the college basketball season. Um, it's still early. I'm, you know, I'm sure the pros have, have their person scouted, but if you can get yourself a draft pick, see if you're L.A. right now, you're not thinking about a draft because you don't have a pick. That becomes different if you can get one then you can plan a little bit differently. If it's Brooklyn, Brooklyn right now, they have a first-round draft pick. If Brooklyn has a first-round draft pick, they've had to make some moves there for their superstars. If you can do something right now and get Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons for Anthony Davis and any draft pick, you take that deal right now. You take it. Ben Simmons being paired with LeBron James. LeBron James is a different leader than Michael Jordan, for example. It is about matchups when it comes down to playoffs and how teams are able to perform, but it's also about matchups in the locker room and things that really do matter. If you have senior lockership in the locker room, sometimes you don't have certain problems that other teams do that don't have that leadership. You grow the conversation out from there. LeBron James is still a very valuable player also in that asset, having championship um, caliber um, thought and playability even still. LeBron James paired with someone like Ben Simmons to build his confidence, to have someone who, look, even in this conversation about Russell Westbrook and things on the team and, and, and house, it seems like it's icy or, or, or these, these, these interactions. One thing is for certain that the professional athlete in LeBron James is a consummate professional. And he seems to be able to handle these matters very well. And so taking on Ben Simmons to help him, uh, you know, do the work and build himself back up, I think is probably the most healthiest thing for Ben Simmons. If we take a look at players like J.R. Smith um, and, 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 and Iman Shumpert, uh, players like that who um, uh, certainly benefit benefited not only from LeBron's playability, but from his professional leadership and form themselves into competitive basketball players that can compete for a championship team. He is important. So I, I would never diminish the importance of, as uh, the scouts and other experts say, the intangibles in order to help build a team. LeBron James brings that. So he's, as far as the triumphant or the triple threat that, that LA has, Anthony Davis is the largest, most tradable asset that if he's looking to go, he is a player, excuse me, he is a player, is it the same in the, the, the cerebral part of the game as LeBron James is? And there's no knock against Anthony Davis when that's who you're having to be compared to and saying that you're not in that same capacity. 
It's like comparing any player to Michael Jordan, right? And so it's just one of those things that um, by committee you have to deal with when you're running. Man, if it was a, a call center, it wouldn't be any different. I promise you it wouldn't be. And so um, the most healthiest thing for L.A. to do would be to keep LeBron James and Russell Westbrook right now as he is a valuable asset coming off the bench, especially if he can commit to that. He can produce that capability. And it's one thing that you don't have to worry about. No, once again, if LeBron James um, at this point doesn't have the same weight to a game, but still has value. And clearly Anthony Davis um, has playability, but you need to build your roster. You can't get foggy and, and you know, and, and, and the mystique and the folkiness of, of, of what your legacy is. Because right now your legacy has to change, right? Because you have to do this in order to survive in your market or else, you know, hey, it's fine. L.A. will still have a successful sports team. Do you know that? If the Clippers become more successful than L.A., then L.A. still benefits from that. But the Lakers as a business entity, just like, you know, it's great that Best Buy was able to, you know, restructure itself when they were facing some concerns with the uh, having to contend with with the uh, direct shipping and everything with Amazon and, and what some of the other folks were, were, were switching to. Radio Shack. Kind of Best Buy, not to the same level. Radio Shack had video games, they had cell phones, and and those sorts of things. They weren't the but Best Buy, but but Radio Shack uh, was was in that same uh, sort of electronics uh, space. You can buy TVs and such uh, from Radio Shack and sound bars and things, um, uh, e even into uh, the Apple products also. Uh, and so, uh, but Radio Shack isn't well, not around. People still buying stuff, right? That you get at Radio Shack. You can buy all those little electronic components that were in that, in that, uh, in that, in those sets of drawers and things. You can get your audio pieces and everything. You can buy all that stuff off of Amazon. So people are still happily able to engage and be consumers in the segment, but they just don't have the Radio Shack or need to purchase those from that anymore. So if you take a look at LA Sports, LA Sports doesn't take a hit if LA. Lakers aren't as competitive as even, even any one of the other California teams, Golden State and such, and Sacramento. My goodness. And so um, that doesn't lose. What loses is the presence of having L.A. be competitive and the story franchise and having the history. It'd be like baseball not having at any point, at any point in any decade, a competitive Yankees team. Like, like, it would be like, what's going on? The Yankees really missing? Are you serious? Any other team could be missing from the uh, world, from the pennant race. But if it's the Yankees missing at any point, maybe the Red Sox. The Red Sox are missing. It wouldn't be, it's not the same things that the Yankees were missing. So uh, it's, it's just one of those things that as far as for uh, the NBA and professional sports, it is always great to have you know, a team such as L.A. Uh, be competitive. For the years that Boston wasn't competitive, uh, basketball in the East suffered by not having Boston be that, when we think of the competitive team in the East, not that Boston, I mean, they went to a, a, a Eastern Conference final with LeBron, but now having to compete 
and have beaten the teams that they've beaten by by being able to beat a Miami team that had competed against LeBron and the Lakers in the championship during the coronavirus, the, the, the early onset of the coronavirus pandemic in that 2020 season. Okay, so this is a Miami team that has competed. Uh, of course, Jimmy Butler, Buckets, as we know him now, playoff performer, you put a star on him, you, can, you, you don't have to worry about it. There's no X factor, no variable there with Jimmy Buck. Because there are going to be spots where he is the reason why that the team wins games in the playoffs. And when you have that presence, you are a force to be reckoned with. For sure. And so being able to compete against a team uh, in that and where uh, Milwaukee, even after Giannis's historic performances in the playoffs and then the, the winning of the championship, um, Milwaukee wasn't the same team last year in the playoffs. And that showed, of course, injuries to Chris Middleton and, and such. Um, you know, injuries are going to take many a great team out uh, for sure, especially when they happen. Um, Giannis was also uh, dinged up in the playoffs. So, you know, it was one of those things, wasn't the same thing. Uh, we are seeing Milwaukee with some great early success uh, here. So uh, hats off to, uh, to Milwaukee for being able to um, respond well in the aftermath of last year's playoffs there. Um, so uh, what we'll have to make sure that, um, as, as we're taking a look at the season, that we don't get lost in the sauce um, here. Uh, uh, and, and that, um, you know, the L.A., uh, when they're, you know, when, when we're taking a look at, at, at what the best scenarios are, that we don't get away from the fact that, no, L.A. Um, is not in a position to compete in the playoffs. So it's not like doing things now to immediately compete. Is that that's not it's not what is best for the Lakers to plan for is not what's best to hope for as a fan It's not to look at this stuff like, hey, you know, if they do this right now, this is going to happen right now. That is a very optimal, um, almost um, Netflix show. You know, if the Lakers were you know, a team that was on a Netflix show. And here they are, you know, this is their story that we got, right? That, oh, man, the Lakers are this team, man. They, they've been winning this stuff. But, man, this season is, like, real hard because they ain't been winning. And so, um, and then we, then we have the episode, right? The actors are on there. And these are, you know, the storylines that they have on there. Um, and, and so right now, man, Anthony Davis want to be traded, man, to a team. Oh, he want to leave. Man, what they're going to do, you know? Oh, they got to trade him, you know? So it's, I wonder who they're going to trade him to. You know, and they'll be like, oh, man. You know, man, I wonder if they're going to, you know, we've seen other players, you know, they've shown them. And there's this, this great player in the Shock Chicago team, right? And this other great, you know, player maybe on Boston or this other great player, man, having problems over there on the, on the, on the Brooklyn team. <laughs> like, oh, I wonder they're going to get one of those guys, right? And so um, I just think that uh, there are just some real optimal scenarios. I would say if the Lakers, if, if it sounds like you can get Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons and a draft pick, 
bad. The reason why I say this is that Brooklyn is not a team that has a corollary or that their situation is synonymous with L.A. Brooklyn has a different situation going on. In L.A. right now, at least for all of the decisions that have been made by Rob Palenka, we are not saying that he is in the same operational capacity or um, had the oversights, <laughs> the many myriad oversights at this point cannot be understated that Sean Marks' decision-making and Joe Sy is the owner of the Brooklyn Nets uh, to where they are in their roster situation. And so Brooklyn has Kevin Durant. That's what I'm saying. It's not the same situation. They, they have they, L.A. right now arguably does not have a top five player in the league. They may have a top ten player, which is Anthony Davis, the greatest asset right now. There is not a scenario if you're L.A. to please not look at keeping Anthony Davis and unloading Russell Westbrook or LeBron James. That's not going to yield you the same benefits as looking to build to win something in the next three to five years by getting a, some draft capital back to get you some young talent. And, I, the, and the only path forward is, is that if you do not trade Anthony Davis straight up for some player in some draft capital, you cannot trade Anthony Davis straight up for a contract for a contract. So you trade him for Kyrie Irving or Ben Simmons, you trade him for Zach Levine, or you trade him straight up to the Boston Celtics. You don't flinch. You don't flinch at the deal there either. You don't do it. If the L.A., I'm sorry, if the Golden State Warriors are looking to, at this point, do something such as get rid of Draymond Green and perhaps maybe even Wiseman or Wiggins, here's the thing. You're building not to say that, hey, man, I'm going to know I'm going to win right now. That's not what you're planning for. But you do need to plan for the future. And outside of having Kyrie Irving to, after serving some suspension here, maybe in the interim of a trade, if it doesn't sound like LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons and a draft pick that it has to sound like it absolutely has to sound like Anthony Davis for Jalen for Jalen Brown or I'm sorry um, Marcus Smart maybe I'm not sure how that trade would go I don't think Jalen Brown um, Jason Tatum sorry uh, uh, but yeah I think 
I think out of that, out of mining a trade from the Celtics for one of their big three, I would really say um, if you can get Jason Tatum somehow. If you can if you can get Jason Tatum somehow, that will work out for LA somewhat how Paul George did. It would allow him at that point to then be paired once again with LeBron in leadership. If he's going to be able to take this next step, Jason Tatum, this is what I'm saying. And I would make the trade if I were Boston. Because it gives you Anthony Davis paired with two young stars who, for the Boston Celtics, I would actually say out of if I were Boston, then I would I would take a look at if it's possible to get rid of uh, Marcus Smart um, there in a draft pick. Uh, I, I'm trying to think, maybe even Al Horford. I don't know how L.A. would look at the Al Horford trade. I would say that maybe not for Al Horford, but I'm just looking at things that are likely to happen. If they're to happen. Because Miami doesn't have, I don't think Anthony Davis for, they're, they're, Miami doesn't have a trade that would make sense, unfortunately. So the other only other teams that would make sense Really, I, Chicago would have to be a trade for Zach Levine and draft capital. Um, there's just no trade really that makes L.A. truly competitive for this season. But in hypotheticals for something you can build for in the future, that would make sense. It, it, the only trade that makes sense to Golden State would be uh, for, a, a, for, for at least Jordan Poole, Draymond Green and a draft pick um, in order to at least have a, a L.A. team that would do what an L.A. team uh, is, is doing and, and make news, uh, make uh, waves that way. Um, it's, it's just one of those things that uh, there is no scenario for L.A. other than building that team truly uh, something, build that team. Uh, a team that's building in the next three to five years to make a run somewhere in there, even if it's at uh, some overperformance with some young talent developing at the second year mark. Uh, it, it, there, 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 there's no scenario that makes L.A. immediately competitive. Uh, I, in that show that we were talking about, that, that show back in, uh, back in May time frame, May, April time frame, uh, the trade that I said that I would do if LeBron James would be up for it, if he wants to remain in L.A., just not on the L.A. Lakers, would be to trade him straight up for Kawhi Leonard and draft picks. That was at that point. But now that Anthony Davis is wanting to go, I think there's a real conversation that you could have with trading Anthony Davis straight up for Kawhi Leonard and draft picks. 
I believe it makes sense for the contractual standpoint of trading a player, con- you know, a superstar contract for superstar contract. I think it makes sense for at least the LA Clippers to make themselves at least immediately more uh, competitive. Anthony Davis gives you something that you're not getting out of Kawhi Leonard, and that is some consecutive playability, even with having a concern with injury. Player to player, Anthony Davis is more has been more, more durable than Kawhi Leonard. Paul George has proven that he can he's going to be he, he is going to help your team win in the regular season. So you're not worried about Paul George. You're not worried about playoff Paul George. What you're worried about is having your other superstar available in the playoffs. So let's say even if it were something as as if, well, even given Anthony Davis's injury um, history, um, do you think that he's going to last a season? No. But I think if you somewhat apply a third, maybe less than a third, a fifth, yeah, maybe if you apply a fifth of the load management of Kawhi Leonard to Anthony Davis in spots, maybe you have him be more available in the in the regular season, which puts you in a better position to you know play you know pick your poison kind at least in the early rounds of the playoffs with who you're going to play. Um, especially as it comes, you know, a little bit knotted up towards that those fourth, fifth um, uh, positions there in the in the Western Conference where you're going to be playing next man down. So um, I, I think and, and, you know a team that you may be a bit more familiar with and and be able to you know in a series win three games early on in the playoffs. I'm sorry, no, it's all five out of seven. I don't know what I'm thinking. But you can win, you know, three games uh, at least. um, You know, I don't know if if that's a team that can sweep, but you can at least win three games and have to compete uh, there in that last spot to to, to, to win that last game, to win game number four. So, um... I think the most best trade for LA interests would be that the Clippers were able to call LA and say, "Hey, you guys want to, you know, kind of do over? We can do the decision again, but this time we can all be a little bit more decisive. We'll trade you Kawhi Leonard for Anthony Davis and whatever draft pick we have." Because there's really not another player um, on that on the Clippers that would make sense for either team to want or to trade. So these are my still my and I because I was saying to trade LeBron to the team uh, there uh, for Kawhi if LeBron was not wanting to work forward with any you know like the coaching staff or have any issues with the scheme you know there's going to be like like this prickly relationship that you know would play out kind of publicly and nobody would want to see that so i was saying you know to to maybe take you know at that point even say hey lebron you know we know we realized that maybe you know we we didn't make the best 
roster decisions and we want to give you, you know, first opportunity, you know, as opposed to having anything play out in the regular season. Hey, if you want, you know, to maybe, you know, privately, you know, maybe try to explore your options maybe somewhere else, you know, hey, we're not opposed to that. You know, I, I because I would do that um, as far as extending a courtesy um, in that respect uh, to LeBron James, which, um, I gosh, I still think that any trade with Boston is great for Boston. Uh, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine LeBron James going to that Boston team. <laughs> Can you imagine Jalen, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and, and and LeBron James in the playoffs? <laughs> that would be something. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if there is a scenario. It would be there because, uh, you know, there isn't a trade that that um, that Cleveland would have uh, other than because uh, I Kevin Love is still a, is still a, a, at least a presence. But it doesn't make sense for L.A. to make a trade for the Cavaliers for draft capital and and, and trade LeBron, <laughs> you know, to Cleveland for you know, some draft capital and like Kevin Love, like that, that's not a good draft for LA. So once again, it's, it's almost the same situation as it was uh, for Kyrie and Kevin Durant during the off season. Uh, there's a market of course for them. There's just no kind of trade available that would make sense. Um, there, there just isn't one. Uh, uh, not, not one there that that, that is going to do that job. So hopefully, L.A., uh, if you're going to listen to a show and listen to some of these some from a prognosticator, I would say these are your best options uh, that are on the table. Uh, if you can deal with Kyrie Irving, get Kyrie Irving. Uh, especially for having some player available. <laughs> in the next three to five years. Um, it's just one of those things that, my goodness, um, it, it, it's, and it's no knock against the self-expression, but Kyrie as the basketball player that um, that you're going to be able to enter to a contract with and, 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 and have the um, healthy expectation that he's going to be available for you um, that's the Kyrie Irving contract would, would have to be treated um, as you would treat a, and, and he may be open to that too, but if Kyrie Irving is able to see that he's not going to be able to, to have the expectation to have like a max contract that he's going to be in some other territory if Kyrie Irving as a as his human person is willing to accept that no one is saying that he's not worth it, but they're not able no one's going to be able to extend him that business courtesy. I think if you actually have that conversation in a I won't call it in an aggressive, but in a very um, forward uh, proposition. If you can get Kyrie Irving to commit to something less than a max contract, then you have won and, I, and you get Kyrie Irving with the expectation of 
he's going to be like any, you know, any of these uh, really artistic minded people that that a lot of uh, places hire that in their expression and things they may, uh, you know, wear um, a T-shirt that while not overtly offensive does have an ability to offend people like a politically themed t-shirt for example that may not have any meaning really outside of that but if you're looking at it you could become offended like those people who express themselves like that at, at, at your particular job that's what you have to expect from Kyrie Irving so you sometimes have to expect that oh you know hey they um, really take to heart um, the expression of a uh, Islamic holiday and they themselves are not, you know, they're just very um, into it. Just like what we all experienced um, in the, during the Black Lives, uh, or sorry, I shouldn't say that, but Colin Kaepernick's protest and we had the, uh, the, the lawmakers at the Capitol dressing with the African things they were kneeling and all. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, um, but, you know, when you have that kind of energy, like, that's what you have to expect from Kyrie Irving. So if you're a, like, a transformative um, team, I don't know if the L.A. Lakers has the mind for it. Maybe LeBron does. I don't know if he does at this point in his career. Um, But I think that it does work out if you're thinking toward the future of, okay, I could have Kyrie Irving out of 80 games play for 35. I'll have him for 35 games. So I'll have Kyrie Irving for 40 games. Kyrie Irving for 40 games over the course of two, three years is a better availability at having a developmental player that rotationally will play the total amount of 40 games anyway for you. So it's one of those things where, you know, I, and I'm sure there's some, there's some analytic math and genius to what we were just sharing there, I'm sure of it. Uh, but you get more out of Kyrie Irving at that point than you get at trying to find that out of a developmental player. You just do. So if you get Kyrie to commit to a non-max player contract, um, anywhere in the ballpark of like just not in the um, $200 million over three years um, sort of thing, if you can get Kyrie Irving for anything under... Forty million a year. You do it, so that you don't have to, at that point, you know, hey, put him on a contract where he's making fifty-five million a year. Um, that doesn't put you in that same thing. You, you know, it gives you some other money to play with there. And that's why I say, like, in a player like Ben Simmons, you would benefit from that because you would get the most out of Ben Simmons at that point, which if Boston is playing better, um, and that means if Ben Simmons is a rotational piece in there, 
then there is an upside to having Ben Simmons as a presence on your team because, once again, now that is another non-developmental roster spot that you have to fill in that same next three to five years. So you have LeBron James, you have Kyrie Irving, and you have Ben Simmons, uh, and you still have Russell Westbrook able to produce off of the bench. Um, and then you could even, without having Anthony Davis in the rotation, it would force you, because you don't, wouldn't really have another choice, um, to maybe try LeBron James as a point center um, and have Russ absorb Anthony Davis's minutes. Kyrie Irving... Um, is 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 a player that it would work out well for Russ, uh, especially with Russ dedicating and really committing to his role as being that great sixth man. If Russell Westbrook is wanting to commit to being the best version of himself and being your best sixth man, man, you go out and you get Kyrie Irving and you have Kyrie Irving as he has wanted to defer to James Harden because for Russ, that may do something for Russ's psyche. Once again, we're saying what LeBron James is worth, what Russ, is, what your other players are committing to and what you have available. Then that team may actually be a, and this is no knock against that, that assorted talent. It is big and up. Everybody that's in the West, man. But if you have a team like LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie Irving, man, that's a, and a, and, and a draft pick that you might be able to get back in some capacity for next year, man, you are putting yourself in a far better position than where you were at the point where you were needing to make a decision with your stars. So I would encourage... That trade, it would and it, and and for, and for Brooklyn, you with the rotation of pieces that you have found in the aftermath of 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 having Steve Nash have to you know uh, um, no longer be your coach, and then the situation with Kyrie, you have Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. You know what you've just given Kevin Durant, someone who, in his expression is at least a, a fellow baller and, and doesn't come with a lot of th different things other than, as he said, like playing ball. Like Anthony Davis wants to hoop in his way. Kevin Durant wants It's a better situation for Brooklyn. It's what they were wanting out of um, Kyrie, that, or any pairing that they had when they had James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Like whatever, what, what they were hoping to get out of that, is what they will get, I promise you, is what they will get if they have Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and the supporting cast that they have right now. Claxton and, and, and all the, and the other guys there, man. Um, I, it, it, will, it will do wonders for both teams. And I think Brooklyn could then even clean up in free agency um, and that will make their team competitive uh, for sure. But that, that, that's, that's my take on the L.A. situation right now. 
Um, like I said, got a lot of great stories in the in, in the NFL as we're getting ready to close the uh, the the show here. But um, as far as the situation in some of the commentators' um, viewpoints, that Seattle. Not that they will unravel, but that they will outkick their coverage uh, for sure in the playoffs and be in a position where they're not going to be very competitive. I would venture to say this because I, I really I, 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 I was a history major, um, University of Wisconsin Parkside. Uh, it's what it's how I interpret the world a lot. When you take a look. Sometimes, like, just, you know, when we talk about winning ways with teams, like UConn, like, if UConn, and whether it's the women's team or the men's team, if they're in any Final Four, Sweet 16, um, anything like that, you can sometimes, man, you have to put your money on the winning way. Same way we look at Tom Brady, right? You say, man, if you get this guy, like, in the game where they just won, right? Really close game, 2017. Um, you put... Against the uh, was the Rams, you put man, you put Tom Brady in a situation where he has to go out and win, man. He can because he has that winning way about him. Um, Seattle's story has been, man. Yeah, you guys are nine and seventeen in the weekend of C West. What are you gonna do in the playoffs? You out kick your coverage, man. You're gonna be get dominated. Man, they cut their teeth. That 9-17 cut their teeth on Beast Mode running all through the high-flying Saints. And Beast Mode was already a legend, you know, in his own right of being a tough runner of the football. But, man, that playoff performance, no one is going to ever forget him running through the Saints and getting that 9-17 a win in the playoffs. Now, I know that, you know, players and players for players that people at different various points or different players is, you know, different players. It's sometimes get convoluted. I don't want to oversimplify uh, the thought process of, of, of you know, time honored, uh, you know, folks that provide analysts. Uh, I'm sorry, analysis for, um, you know, for, for sports commentary. It's it is what it is. Um, but Seattle, Seattle's success at this point isn't an aberration in their history. It's a part of who they are. It's how they perform. The Matt, Hass, uh, the, 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 uh, Matt Hasselbeck, um, Seattle Seahawks with Sean Alexander and Mike Holmgren as the coach. That was another team that Sean Alexander had the most touchdowns of any running back in the thing a couple years when they were building toward that team that competed um, against uh, Ben Roethlisberger's first championship was against uh, that Seahawks team in his second year, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's second year. Um, that Seahawks team, just like the Panthers team that would follow it, that would end up uh, uh, playing against uh, Tom Brady's uh, Patriots um, there, the, there are some teams that in a vacuum that are just able to perform. I would even venture to say, even though Joe Flacco had some different playoff success, uh, you know, pairing him alongside all-time great defensive talent and Ed Reed and, 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 and Ray Lewis. Um, but 
though they're just teams that are able to win in vacuums. Right now, uh, there's another story that's shaping up outside the great story for the Seahawks and, and being able to have this team history of, of performing in the space. So I would say that if the Seahawks are able to still place well into the when the season is ended after 17 games and the Seahawks are there, the either third or second best um, team by, you know, by, by winning record there, that they have a strong chance of at least winning their first playoff game. Now, I don't, you know, it is about all about matchups and things, but um, I believe that Seattle can win its first playoff game. I, I, I believe that, the, that the, the playoff game that we're going to end up having um, that's going to end up being able to put one of the two quarterbacks that have some questions answered about are they going to be ever be able to get on some big stage. Um, Geno Smith was brought into the league as a widely touted um, uh, high draft pick. And so um, he is fulfilling at least the station of his draft. Dak Prescott. I think that there's, there's a divisional um, uh, a, a game uh, there or uh, uh, there that's, that's, that's going to be played in between uh, Seattle and Dallas, which is going to put one of those two quarterbacks in a position where at that point one of them has got to win and get into the ch- NFC Championship game. So um, I think that's the, uh, that's, that's the marquee matchup in the playoffs that we're going to hopefully we end up getting that. Because it's going to be a treat at that point to see, you know, what the station of, 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 of either what these uh, two guys have yielded uh, so far in their career. S- San Francisco is still a very competitive team. They should be the uh, they should be the the, the NFC West uh, division uh, division winners. They should be. They 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 they, they should be um, there. I, I don't believe that Seattle, um, you know, roster to roster. Um, situation, situation. Uh, if Seattle is able to win that NFC West, then that's what we're saying. Then they're tempered a little bit differently, and and we'll see if they you know win that first playoff game, then get into that game against Dallas, uh, get to to get to the uh, championship thing. Um, other than that, uh, boy, um, it would be refreshing if we're able to get Dolphins versus Eagles. For football, for the you know stories that happen and 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 destinies and how just fates seem intertwined, a a Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts against Tua Tuivasa in the Super Bowl would be rewarding not only for Alabama fans but just anyone who has followed these two awesome player stories this year with the. Uh, very serious injuries to Tua and the need for accountability for such and all those things. And Jalen Hurts, um, you know, they're both um, playing out a, a, you know, just a great developing story there. Um, But also being two young quarterbacks, um, not being looked at in the same vein as some of the other guys with big arms and such, and that they're able to forge 
apparently, it's essentially both their own destinies. As they forge their own destinies, they, they temper both their teams. And, and, and as Tua is forging a new path forward for uh, the Miami Dolphins, and, and, and Jalen Hurts is forging a path forward uh, for the uh, NFL best um, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And so um, there's a lot of great stories, and, and, and hopefully we'll get uh, you know that game in the playoffs that we were just talking about, uh, Geno Smith versus Dak Prescott. And, and let's hope that somehow that we're able to get at least in this year while both teams are playing well, uh, let's hope we can get – a, a Dolphins, Eagles, all Alabama quarterback, Super Bowl, uh, slobber knocker, man. It would be like uh, Macho Man versus Hulk Hogan, you know, uh, it, it, for those of us that can appreciate um, that great match. Or even Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. It's like, wow, you know, these two guys, this, this history, they're facing off. Uh, against each other so it, it'd be great man it'd be great to see but uh, that's been the show on this rainy Virginia day uh, I'm sure there's probably some country song that covers that but uh, we thank you guys for listening here uh, please listen and share this is Will Leverson uh, Sports by Weekly take care guys